the rivalry is back on. One percent better every day, and one and zero. Oh. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's in the 10, 5, doubles in the end zone, touchdown. Colts coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to the Bring the Jews podcast. I'm your co-host, Cody Fugger, as always. Derek is not able to join me today, but I did get a special guest, a guy who's been on the show, friend of the show, Andrew Thomason. Andrew, how have you been, man? I'm great, Cody. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, man. I, I'm doing pretty good. Um, certainly was a fun Super Bowl. I, I, you know, I was telling people, you know, people were asking me, how'd you like the Super Bowl? I was like, well, certainly better than last year's in 2019 Super Bowl. Um, it was certainly a lot of drama, a lot of fun stuff that happened, you know, really tight game up to the end. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes doing what Patrick Mahomes does. And um, it was really good to see, you know, Andy Reid, a guy that's been in the NFL years, decade, like over a decade, finally get a Super Bowl, well-deserved. Um, so I was really happy with the Super Bowl. It was a good time to just hang out with friends. But um, how was your Super Bowl? Oh, it was fantastic. I had to spend some time with some really close family members. Uh, ones that I don't see all too often. Uh, so that was fun. And then, like you, Cody, I, too, enjoyed the fact that the Super Bowl kind of came down to the wire. Um, and it was really close all of, you know, all throughout. It was certainly um, much better than, as you said, last year's 2019's uh, Super Bowl between the Patriots and Rams. That was kind of a snooze fest. Um, but, yeah. you know, some people like those defensive showings. Um, I, I personally like a more offensive, you know, Super Bowl where it's where it comes down to the wire. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that kind of leads me to the topic, Andrew, I want to talk about today. And looking at now, putting it in perspective, NFL season's officially over. Um, you know, there's some stuff that happens in the offseason where officially, you know, if you haven't been in offseason mode by now, it's officially offseason time. And I want kind of wanted to talk about now the Colts. Um, because they played one they played the Super Bowl champs in the regular season. They actually came out victorious. Now, I know that there are a lot of factors into that. Like I know there were some injuries with the Chiefs. Um, I know Patrick Mahomes wasn't even 100%. I know he was kind of dealing with a, a lingering injury there. They didn't have a few of their playmakers. Uh, but the Colts were also a little bit shorthanded. Um, and the Colts you know, were able to pull up that victory. Um, and But then you saw as the season progressed, the Colts kind of fell off a cliff a little bit. You know, They did some things. They shot themselves in the foot a lot of times. Um, and they even did things like lose them to Miami, who's, uh, you know, one of the one of the worst teams in 2019, um, you know, gets get blown out by New Orleans. But then they also do some good things, blow out Carolina, um, you know, beat Houston, um, you know, go beat Tennessee, who was in the AFC champion championship. Uh, you know, so they they did good things and they also did bad things. So I, that's kind of the topic I want to talk about today, Andrew. How far or how close are the Colts from being a legit playoff contender and even a legit, you know, Super Bowl contender for the years to come? I mean, how how far in your mind are the Colts away from this? Oh, man, that's a great question, Cody. Um, very loaded question. I know. Say it again. I said very loaded question, I know, but. Yes, yes. 
Um, so I'll answer this in two parts. First off, let me start with in terms of being playoff contenders. I don't think they're very far. I mean, you look back at the, this past season, they had a lot of things that really didn't go their way. You talk about the amount of missed kicks on special teams, specifically with Adam Vinatieri. Um, you're talking about the end of the Pittsburgh game, the Dolphins game, where if he makes the kick towards the end of the fourth quarter, they're not having to drive it down the field and score the game-winning touchdown. You're talking, you know, and there, there are other games in there that I can't really think of right now. The Chargers game, I guess, is another one where if he makes those kicks in those particular times, you're talking at least two more wins. So instead of mm-hmm. seven and nine, you're nine and seven and potentially a wild card team. So I think that's a big factor. Um, but then I also look at quarterback play and where Jacoby Brissett had a really strong first half of the season and then sort of tailed off at the end of this the season or the second half of the season, I should say. Um, and he just wasn't, he wasn't great. His quarterback rating from the first quarter to the fourth quarter as the season progressed, uh, digressed, it went down and, and that's, you know, never a good thing. If you're the guy moving forward, you have to be able to come up in the clutch moments. Uh, and he was unable to do that, unable to do that, particularly in the second half of the season. Um, and then, you know, as you mentioned, Cody, the Colts did some really interesting things to start the season. Uh, and then they, sort of had some head scratchers like like you said the loss to the Miami Dolphins was kind of a head scratching loss and then you know um the loss to New Orleans where they got blown out what was it 34 to nothing or 34 to Mm 7 so you know as far as playoff contenders go I don't think they're far I think there's there's maybe a couple of pieces I think Jacoby Brissett can can get you there um but moving forward I don't think he's the long-term answer, and I certainly don't think he's the kind of guy that, that can get you to a Super Bowl. The Colts and Chris Ballard and Frank Reich might believe differently, but as a fan and, and who's been a fan for, you know, I've been a fan for the last 15, 20 years of my life. Um, so I, I don't know. That's just that's kind of where I'm at right now. Playoff contenders is more likely Super Bowl is a bit of a reach, and until I think the Colts find their long-term solution at quarterback, however they think they need to find it, whether it's through free agency or the draft. Um, I don't think, I don't think we'll be seeing a Super Bowl in Indianapolis anytime soon. Yeah. And you mentioned Andrew, you know, kind of the, you know, quarterback play, but also, you know, just the passing game in general, whether that be receivers, tight ends, whatever it is. Uh, the passing game obviously was very, very below average. Um, and it shows even in the Colt, you know, in the Colts losses. I mean, I look at, I looked at some of their losses. I mean, beyond a few of those outlier games, I mean, six of their nine losses were by a single digits. Um, and, and, but then you look, you flip it on the other side, you look at the wins. I mean, you, you look here, the Titans, you know, week two, they win by two Falcons by three chiefs by six. You you, know, you kind of see this trend. The, the Colts weren't blowing any teams out with the exception of really, you know, a few teams, the Colts, didn't blow a lot of teams out uh, to be completely honest with you. And and so um, I think it kind of shows, you know, this passing game, you, you said it like with Jacoby Brissett, if you, if, if, if everybody is healthy theoretically, theoretically in 2019, T Y Hilton's healthy. If Devin Funches never goes down, Paris Campbell stays healthy. Eric Ebron stays healthy. We, we, you know, all that, all those factors, you know, he could get you there. He could get you there. He could get you a nine and seven, you know, playoff number, you know, number six seed type thing, number five, number six seed type thing. But like, if the Colts really legitimately want to be playoff contenders, we saw, we saw it in the Super Bowl. 
You know, the 49ers, they're very stout on both sides of the ball. But when it came down to those clutch critical moments, Patrick Mahomes, an elite quarterback, did what he was paid to do, did what he was drafted to do. And, you know, it's just it's just that's just kind of the nature of the game now. You know, you're not going to really do a lot. I mean, there's exceptions, obviously. There are outli- there's outliers. But if your quarterback can't make those clutch plays and can't do those things like we saw Patrick Mahomes do in that Super Bowl, I mean, it's going to be really hard. It's going to make your life a lot harder to win a Super Bowl and contend for a Super Bowl. So um, I see what you mean, Andrew. The Colts really need to do something about their passing game in general, whether that be the quarterback whether that be a wide receiver, they just need their passing game to improve drastically. I mean, even middle of the league would be a massive improvement in 2020. So what are some of the things you think the Colts need to do? Besides, you obviously mentioned the quarterback position. What are some things you think the Colts need to do in order to get back into contention in 2020 and, you know, moving forward? Um, You know, I think one of the bigger areas of, of need for the Colts is interior defensive line. I mean, we look at receiver, as you mentioned, Cody. We look at quarterback, of course. Those are, you know, top of the list. But I think something that maybe isn't talked about all that much is the interior defensive line because the Colts' defensive system or defensive scheme is basically decided on uh, the the pass rush, particularly from the interior. And we thought Danico Autry, who had quite, you know, a really good year uh, the following, or excuse me, I should say the previous season, he kind of, didn't have a great season this in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. He sort of fell off the, the, the cliff there, if you will. And um, he was kind of nowhere to be found. You know, he had, he had maybe one or two games where he kind of had a sack or two or had a nice defensive play. But in terms of being that double digit sack guy, like we saw Justin Houston be for us this season. And um, he, he wasn't that, he wasn't that. And no. Grover Stewart is somebody who I really like. Uh, you know, and I wasn't really too high on him. I think he was a fifth round pick a couple seasons ago, uh, a couple drafts ago, I should say. And he's sort of come on as of late, but with the Nico Autry, uh, you know, to be honest, Cody, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a bit of a rotational piece this next season, particularly if Chris Jones hits the open market. And I know that's something that I've said on Twitter and I've noticed you have as well. I mean, and I, I'm sure people saw it yesterday. My goodness, Chris Jones is just, I mean, he's a freak of nature. He, he's not to be messed with, and, and he is exactly what the Colts, you know, could be looking for or could use, I should say, as a, as a three-technique defensive tackle. Um, you know, there's Javon Kinlaw uh, out of the draft, and then you have a couple other guys as well. So, you know, as I said, I think the interior defensive line really needs to be, needs to be beefed up, if you will, uh, starting with particularly the, the three-technique. Yeah, and you mentioned Danico Autry. It's kind of wild, Andrew, because, you know, he's 29 years old now. He was coming off a nine-sack season in 2018. I mean, he didn't even play all 16 games, and he had nine sacks. Then he comes in with these pretty high expectations. I mean, we placed these expectations on him at the beginning of the season, you know, in the offseason. We're like, we think he could eclipse double-digit sacks. We even I remember we said this. Um, and only three and a half sacks for Autry. It's just kind of crazy, and it just kind of speaks to the fact that, okay, the Colts – you know, they need to address this. They need to get a long-term solution at that three technique. And I think, you know, you mentioned Grover Stewart sitting there at the at the other defensive tackle position. I mean, he's really come on. I think that he, he played really well. He kind of had a breakout season that nobody really talked about. Um, but, you know, the facts are the facts, you know. And I kind of heard, you know, just from, 
you know, guys who know a lot more about the NFL and a lot more about football than I do, former NFL players, former quarterbacks who have said, you know, I honestly would rather have have to face two, you know, elite defensive ends, you know, pass rushers on the edge um, than, than face, you know, interior guys. Because in reality, you know, when you have those guys, you can step up into the pocket as a quarterback. Um, obviously, it's not ideal to have that, but um, you can do that if you need to. Whereas if the pocket is collapsing in front of you, you have no, really nowhere to go. And so I think that's what the Colts are lacking. I mean, you mentioned Justin Houston, who gave him double-digit sacks. I mean, since 2016, I mean, he was obviously really, really good, a really good signing by Chris Ballard. But, you know, overall, looking at it, the, that was where the Colts Achilles heel was. I mean, ultimately, you know, just that interior pass rush, there really was nothing. You know, you didn't – you saw the Nico Autry took a step back in terms of pass rush. Again, you saw nothing really from Tyquan Lewis or Marcus Hunt took a step back as well. A lot of those interior guys really just – you know, we had some expectations for them and they just did not live up to those. So I agree, Andrew. I think it's time for the Colts to address this and really address this via free agency. You know, you mentioned Chris Jones, who I think the Chiefs would be absolutely bonkers to let go. But if they do, in the in the event that they do, the Colts need to write Chris Jones a blank check. I mean, he's young, mid-20s. He's the type of guy that would fit really well into this defense. I was actually playing Madden yesterday. Um, you know, I, I updated, I had the updated rosters with the Colts and Chris Jones is up in market. And I was like, if this happens, like the Colts need to do what I did, give him the most money that give him the money that he wants, man, outpay everybody. Cause you can do that. The Colts have the second most cap space in the league um, and get him because that would solve so many problems. It would allow you to address other positions of need, which we'll get to in a second. Um, you know, and the Colts just need to do something about the interior defensive line. I mean, they they've invested in the at defensive end with Kamoko Turi and Bam Banagu in back to back drafts in the second round. And I think it's about time that they do something with that three technique. I think it's about time they use a high draft pick. If they don't, if they're not able to land somebody like a Chris Jones, um, I think they just need to address it one way or the other. They can't afford to just kind of brush it off, kind of sign the Nico Autry type players. You know, late twenty guys. They, they need to find a guy who is going to be the long-term solution there. Um, another position of need, you know, you mentioned outside of the quarterback, um, is the wide receiver position. And I, I think this is a position that I'm a little bit torn on. Um, and I'm torn on it because, you know, on one hand, you know, I feel like this group didn't really get to show what it could do because of the injury bug that had that plagued this team in 2019. Um, obviously with T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, um, and then Devin Funch is going out with that first game. So the Colts are really without their top three receivers for most of the season. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, I think the Colts need to do something again. Funch is going to be a free agent. And, you know, Paris Campbell, we just we don't know right now. Zach Pascal showed you some things, but I think you still could upgrade. And then the Colts should upgrade. Well, what do you think? What are your thoughts before I kind of get into this on what the Colts should do at wide receiver and maybe even tight end as well, just with some of these positions on offense? Yeah, it's funny, Cody, you mentioned tight end, and, and that's kind of where my mind goes first before I think receiver, because as you mentioned, this group that they had last season didn't really have a chance to show what they were capable of because of the injuries. And a, a name that comes to mind as far as tight ends that are going to hit the open market is Hunter Henry. And mm. I, I mean, he is an explosive playmaking tight end, and he would, I mean, 
if the Colts were able to somehow miraculously, should the Chargers would be bonkers enough to use your words, Cody, to let Hunter Henry walk out the door. If the Colts were lucky enough to land him, Frank Reich would, I, I mean, he, he would just have a, a field day putting him in that Colts offense because Eric Ebron, we know, was not going to be back. Chris Ballard has, has stated that numerous times. And then Jack Doyle, who they inked to a three-year deal uh, within the last couple of weeks, is a solid pass-catching tight end, but it's more used in the running game. So the Colts need to seriously take a look at finding another explosive tight end. And I think, as I mentioned, if Hunter Henry is to hit the open market come March, he could certainly potentially be that big-time pass-catching tight end that the Colts uh, should need to find. Yeah, and I know there's another guy, Austin Hooper. I don't know if he'll hit the open market either. He's an Atlanta tight end. Um, he had a really had a breakout season. Um, still a young guy. So, yeah, one of those guys I think could potentially be good. Um, you know, Hunter Henry, you mentioned, could be if the Chargers, are, for some reason, don't re-sign him. I mean, he's 25 years old. He fits the mold for what Chris Ballard needs. You know, he's just coming into his prime. Um, you know, he's coming off a pretty solid season. You know, 652 yards, 55 catches, five touchdowns. Um, that could really be something, you know, and, and then again, I don't know if Frank Reich was there when Hunter Henry was drafted, but I mean, that could be potentially another Frank Reich connection. Um, don't quote me on that. I could look stupid and he could have been drafted afterwards, but uh, you know, there's the, obviously that connection with Reich and the chargers, um, but Hunter Henry, yeah, potentially could be a really good one um, at, t- at wide receiver though. I know this is a historically really good draft, at least from what I've heard early about this draft for wide receivers. Um, what have you heard and what do you think the Colts could do at wide receiver um, in the draft and even in free agency? I mean, cause there's, there's potentially a few guys that the Colts go after Amari Cooper comes to mind and there's some others. Um, what do you think the Colts could do and what do you think they should do? If you were sitting there as, as Chris Ballard with all this cap space, what would you do to address the wide receiver position? Uh, well, I think what I would first do is at least entertain the idea of bringing Devin Funches back because you know, he had he played fairly well in the, his only game of the season, which was the first game against the Chargers. If I remember correctly, he had that fade pattern or that outside shoulder pattern um, on fourth and three to extend the drive, which eventually turned into the game tying touchdown uh, via Marlon Mack. So I think that that should be first and foremost on Chris Ballard's list because I think Devin Funches could provide that big-bodied, uh, explosive receiver that the Colts didn't have this season. And then in terms of free agents, Cody, I know you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, Amari Cooper as a potential option, but I think Dallas would be crazy to let him walk, um, considering you look at their offense and how, how it sort of worked or how, how lackluster it was without him. So I, I think he'll end up staying in Dallas. But another free agent receiver I think we should keep our eye on is Robbie Anderson of the Jets. And what I liked about Anderson so much is he, he's like Devin Bunches, but way faster. And so you have a guy that's six foot three, and, and, and I think he ran like a four, three, four, four, uh, 40 time in his combine. I mean, I mean, he can flat out fly. Uh, and I think he's a better route runner than Funches. So for whatever reason, if Ballard chooses not to bring Funches back, Robbie Anderson could potentially be uh, a replacement. That's, that's another interesting name. Uh, and then as far as the draft goes, Cody, I would be genuinely shocked, honestly, if the Colts took a receiver at 13th. Uh, overall that that's not really Chris Ballard's MO he's more um, you know big time playmakers whether it's quarterback defensive line um, offensive line I'd be shocked 
just because of how deep this draft class is at receiver. But a name that comes to mind for maybe in the second round is uh, Justin Jefferson, I believe is his name from LSU. I mean, I really like him a lot. I mean, he's, you know, you think of CD lamb and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and for whatever reason, when I, whenever I watched LSU and I didn't watch a ton of LSU this, this year, but when I did, Justin Jefferson sort of jumped off the, off the screen at me and, who knows, maybe Chris Ballard thinks the same. And so I certainly think he and, and this Colts staff have, have a lot of options uh, to look at going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to Robert Anderson, I just looked up his 40-yard uh, dash time. This was at his pro day. Temp- he went to Temple at his pro day at Temple, 4.36. So he, he's got some speed on him, and he's also big. Um, and that kind of fits the mold for what Chris Ballard look for at wide receiver. Um so yeah, I mean that that's kind of what I just wanted to talk about. Um just just kind of looking at the Colts overall you know, as a team. Um obviously now we have the off season, no more football for a while. So we got a little bit. We got a few months here till anything really happens as far as NFL news is related, you know, knock on wood that no nobody nothing happens legally with any Colts players. I mean it seems like the Colts have this culture where not really anything like that happens, but um you never know, the NFL's wild, but you know here's to hoping that everything goes well there. Um, but yeah, man, you know, I, I think that in a couple months here, you know, we kind of all get a break from it for a little bit and then, you know, free it, you know, you have all this stuff coming up, you know, the senior bowl just happened a few weeks ago. Uh, and now, you know, then you have the combine in Indianapolis, you have all of this stuff, you have free agency, you have the draft, you have all this awesome stuff. And I'm just, it's just like my favorite time of year. I tell you what, for whatever reason, the draft has become like my favorite time of the year. Um, it's just like, it's just like a holiday now for me. Um, and I, I'm really, really excited because I think now this year I can finally watch the draft. Um, I wasn't able to watch it last year at all. I was um, doing something for my work for that weekend, that those couple of days. So I really was not able to watch it at all. So I'm really excited. Um, how much do you tune into the draft, Andrew? And this is kind of off topic, but I'm kind of, Wanted to talk a little bit draft, a little bit about the draft. I'm a draft nerd. Coach. 